Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 418th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week down here in the Tampa Bay area is the Bucks and Brady bouncing back yesterday to hold their spot as one of the playoff teams. In the NFC, they've uh, beat the Vikings yesterday pretty soundly at, uh, at Raymond James Stadium, upcoming site of the Super Bowl, by the way. And it was largely due to not only the uh, resurgence of the Bucks' offense, uh, what we all expected from a Tom Brady-led offense, but also three missed field goals by the Vikings' place kicker, Dan Bailey, which really uh, did in the Vikings. So down here in Tampa, there was uh, a lot of consternation during the bye week, so two weeks to stew on uh, the play of the Bucks, which has been at best inconsistent. Uh, hottest topic down here is, of course, the relationship between Coach Bruce Arians and Brady and where Brady ran that... Uh, quick pass, short pass offense in New England for 20 years and won six Super Bowls, as we all know. But Bruce Arians loves to throw it deep, and they were going more to his offense, which didn't seem to be a fit for Brady. But they kind of, uh, Brady did a nice long pass to break the game open to Scotty Miller, but, uh, and Gronk caught another touchdown pass, so he seems to be integrated more and more to the offense, and for that matter, Antonio Brown caught a few. Uh, not for touchdowns, but, uh, you know, some important plays. And uh, so we shall see, but for now, Bucks Nation down here is resting a little easier, and uh, they play the Falcons a couple times uh, coming up here in the last three games. So... Uh, Hopefully they can stick with the spot where they, if the playoff started today, they would be in it. So hopefully they can uh, hold that spot through the end of the season. There's no reason they shouldn't. And, uh, and yes, it's uh, all smiles down here in Bucks Nation. Well, my low light of the week was the Pittsburgh Steelers last night losing their second 
in a row. And they look uh, worlds apart from the team that won 11-0, won their first 11 games. Of course, they dropped uh, their first game last Tuesday, I believe it was, to the Washington football team, who suddenly is playing gangbusters and leading the NFC East. But uh, last night, the Steelers, after getting a lead in the first half up in Buffalo on Sunday night football, uh, basically fell apart in the second half and got smoked by the Bills. And uh, suddenly, the Steelers have lost the number one seed in the AFC. They actually have to look over their shoulder a little bit to the Cleveland Browns, who I believe have only three losses. And, oh, by the way, they play the final game of the season against each other, Steelers versus Browns. Uh, used to be perhaps the best rivalry in the NFL. Uh, and it may be coming back a little bit this year, uh, especially as we head into that final game. So the Steelers, they're just a different-looking team. They've had some injuries on the defense. Bud Dupree, which is hurt. Uh, a couple people returned last night, specifically Cam Hayward, uh, or excuse me, Maurice Pouncey and, uh, and James Conner. But the Steelers' woeful rushing game uh, did not reemerge last night with James Conner. So basically they can't, uh, they can't run. And probably the biggest problem at all, or at least the one that jumps out of you when you watch a game in the last few weeks, really starting with that, Wednesday Ravens game a few weeks back, which the Steelers somehow won, but it, it was close. Uh, drop passes. They are just <clears throat> dropping passes at literally a record rate. And, uh, and it's just obviously so visible on TV. It's been really unlike something we haven't seen in a long, long time uh, from any team, let alone the Steelers with that traditionally great receiver core uh, going back through the years um, and you know great receivers yet again but they have not been able to hold on to the ball and uh, Deontay was benched for a half after dropping one and uh, and yeah so they just have to get everything corrected uh, you have to start to wonder if they will um, again last three games they look like a different team from the ones who rang up 10 in a row to start the season and uh, and then, you know, won their 11th by eking by the Ravens. And now the last two, they haven't looked good. Um, and that leads into my bizarre story on, on the same note, which is the, uh, you know, the Washington football team. They've just come out of nowhere to, again, lead the NFC East. Uh, they've won four or five in a row. And they look awesome. I mean, for them to go into Pittsburgh uh, on a Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, or excuse me, that was last Monday. Sorry, five o'clock game. Um, tough to keep it straight these days with Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday games being held. Anyway, um, the Washington football team, ever since Alex Smith has reemerged off that devastating leg injury. He's doing what he needs to do, as he has always done, uh, leading the offense. And Chase Young has just turned into an absolute beast. Uh, had a play yesterday that's one of the plays of the year, scoop and score. Uh, and he looked like a running back and super athletic, 
which we kind of knew. Um, and he is just becoming the guy he was at Ohio State, which was simply a game wrecker. Um, so impressive. Uh, he is more than living up to what everybody thought coming out of Ohio State, where he literally could dominate games from the defensive line position. And he's a D.C. area native, so went back, uh, drafted, obviously, I think, number three by his hometown team. But, yeah, the Washington football team, uh, need I say more, just the name, uh, implies all the uh, crazy stuff that's gone on for them this year. But suddenly they've just, uh, you know, look terrific. And, again, their effort up in Pittsburgh was uh, something to behold. It was very, very impressive, and they kept it going yesterday and uh, over the 49ers. And, yeah, they, they look like they're for real. And as we all know, the NFC least, uh, it's anybody's division, uh, to put it mildly. And the Arizona Cardinals, off their three-game losing streak, uh, put a halt to the Giants' winning streak. Uh, and the Cardinals look good again. Uh, so, uh, the planet sort of realigned yesterday in, in certain areas to say the least. Uh, and the Eagles, uh, again, NFC East team woefully underachieving the Carson Wentz controversy. It's, uh, safe to say it's no longer Wentzylvania. Um, he was replaced of course yesterday by Jalen Hurts from, uh, the stellar, college career at both Alabama, where he led him to a national championship, as well as Oklahoma uh, when he went there, and uh, and he just looked great, and the team clearly responded, and, you know, they beat the number one seed. Uh, you know, the Saints were on, like, uh, something that sounds like a nine-game winning streak, and the Eagles really uh, took care of business, and... It was very, very impressive, to say the least. Uh, so suddenly, uh, the Eagles are faced with the what do we do with Carson Wentz decision, and uh, Jalen Hurts uh, clearly has earned another s starting nod. He used his legs like he did in college. He looked really good yesterday. He looked in command, very likable guy. And, you know, hats off to Jalen Hurts. He, he really uh, did a nice job. So now suddenly we have two new leaders for the number one seed. And keep in mind, there's only one team gets a bye in each conference this year with the additional playoff teams. So Kansas City Chiefs overtook the Steelers with their win yesterday over the Dolphins and the Steelers' loss to the Bills. And... With the Saints' loss to the Eagles yesterday, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers having a tremendous season, possibly an MVP season, uh, they they jumped into the number one spot in the NFC. So, big day in the NFL, as they all are. So, now, now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And we are going to get into college football as we always do, including one of the craziest penalties, perhaps in the history of the game, 
when you look at the stakes, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, good morning, John. Glad to be on this show. Doing fine. Thank you. Well, thank you for calling into our usual Monday spot where we review the weekend, uh, particularly in football and specifically college football with you. And AP on Saturday night, I'm down here in Florida and watching the Gator game live and was witness to one of the craziest and perhaps most costliest penalty in you know, college football history, really. Uh, you know, to set the scene, uh, LSU played the game of the year for them, their game of the year, and was going toe-to-toe with the Gators in the swamp and uh, basically stopped them on a third and ten with the score tied. 
and uh, the guy who made the tackle, Marco Wilson, I believe, uh, inexplicably just took the shoe off the LSU player who had just caught a pass short of the first down and just heaved it 20 yards down the field. And uh, needless to say, unsportsmanlike penalty, uh, LSU keeps the ball. They, you know, pick up a little more yardage, and their kicker kicks a 57-yard field goal, takes the lead, and then a few minutes later, the Florida kicker misses his field goal try from equally long in the 50s. And that's it. And Florida's hopes for the college football playoff ended right then and there with the shoe throw, the shoe toss, I guess is what it's being called down here. And so people in Florida are not happy today, let me tell you. Well, they can look at one of their own players as the reason. I mean, that was a significant moment, as you just described uh, so beautifully. And, John, you're thinking to yourself, why? Right. Zero reason. Why? There is no explanation for that. Why? Yeah, the play was over. Yeah. I mean, I I come from the days, John, where uh, years ago some players – they would tackle uh, the opponent and pick them and give them a hand up. Correct. Exactly. Don't see much of that anymore. Now, with, now and again. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now you're watching the UCLA USC game, and at the end, there's almost a brawl at, at midfield. I saw that. No fans yeah. in the stand. No fans in the stands, and they're going to have a. You just got through playing a football game, but all of a sudden now you're going to become a. You're a USC or and a UCLA boxer. You're on the boxing team all, all of a sudden. <laughs> Exactly, and that was yeah. its own crazy ending yeah. minutes after the Florida game. I couldn't believe I was watching that after having just right. watched the Florida game. It was a crazy yeah. late Saturday night. You know, why, I mean, I'm on a certainly different topic, but why do these coaches continually have to explain to players to show some sort of restraint? On the, on the football field, you're not there to fight the other team. You're there to play football and compete hard. Why is that such a difficult proposition? Game after play after play, game after game, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade now, it seems the last couple of decades, it, these players feel that, oh, I'm going to fight the other player right, right in front of the official and I, I'm not going to disrupt my team or get a penalty. Or I'm going to do something outrageous like throw a shoe. I don't. I, I don't understand that. I mean, who raised you to think as such? I know. I mean, uh, for me, the weird thing is simply, you know, what was he thinking? You know, to use the <laughs> the catch-all phrase, in that, you know, he had just been part of making that stop on the play of the game. Yeah. To hold him, yeah, I can't celebrate. imagine any emotion but jubilation on his part and running off the field, right. knowing he had just given his chance, his team a chance to go down and win in the last two minutes with you know their their Heisman candidate quarterback Kyle Trask, who probably is not a Heisman you know candidate anymore. He did not have a good game, and it's just I know there's been shoe tosses and whatnot like that before. But again, I don't know that any has been more costly. AP, you can relate to this. I mean, there 
obviously we're going to play Alabama, still are, in the SEC championship game this Saturday in Atlanta. But to say the game has lost a lot of luster from the Florida end because they would have got in there competing against the number one undefeated team with the chance to not only win the SEC championship, obviously, but to perhaps qualify for, you know, be chosen by the committee for the college football playoff, even if they lost to Alabama, if other certain things happen. But that's all out the window, thanks to a shoe toss. Just that simple. Yeah, I mean, the selfishness is, as you described, your quarterback is is the leader, possibly, or a strong contender, at the, the least, for the Heisman Trophy. You're playing to compete against Alabama with just one loss. You're playing to beat Alabama to get in the college football playoff, the ultimate goal for your team, your program, your university, for the state, for your family, for your friends. And yet, what do you do? You choose to throw the shoe. And you're thinking to yourself, I hope it was worth it. I know. I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it is. But you'll have to live with it. You know, that's, that's, the, that's life. You know, you, you made a, a horrendous, I mean, that's a horrendous decision on your part. I mean, it wasn't just a small area you're offsides. You know, you commit a right. defensive penalty in the second quarter. This is for all those things that we described and then some. And, and now you, so you're in the locker room to face your teammates. What are you going to say? I'm sorry. You think that's going to be enough? All their hopes and dreams went down with that decision yeah and they showed him you know needless to say alone on the bench with his back to the camera head down uh, you, you know just devastated but by then it was obviously too late you know let's make it clear and Dan Mullen Florida coach made it clear you know Florida did not have their best game LSU is having a horrific season in the wake of their national championship and uh but they showed up on Saturday night and start a freshman quarterback, the left-hander, and he played great. And it was a great game to watch. Uh, LSU just, you know, again, yeah. stood toe-to-toe with them. And, you know, Kyle Trask did have some the turnovers. And, uh, you know, LSU earned that victory. Let's make no mistake about that. It wasn't all about the shoe toss. And, again, no, Dan Mullen made that clear as well. Yeah, that's a career best fifty-seven-yard field goal of a school record, I believe. Yes, Cade York, exactly. The, the kicker. Yes, and of course, there's always there's always taunting when you're playing Florida. You know, they do the proverbial gator gator slap or whatever they call that. The, the gator jump, clap when they beat them, right. which I don't I don't agree with that. I don't care. You know, I remember Alabama players; they did that too. I mean. You know, my thing is win always with class, win, lose, or draw. I don't, I don't believe I'm doing that Gator clap. I mean, it's not about me beating Florida. It's about Alabama or LSU winning the game. You know, you celebrate with your teammates in a manner that's befitting, you know, your university and representing them and your family and your friends and the state. And so I, I'm just not for that type of uh, action. Nor am I. No, and and you know, we we saw what can happen with something like that, where you know emotions get carried away, and the kid did what he did, and uh, you know, there's just no taking it back, and uh, no. and uh, again, just 
devastating because Florida had had up to that moment pretty much a magical season. You know, if Trask, if the Gators get the ball back, you think they're going to probably move down the field. And all they needed was a field goal, and they didn't need to go all that far. You just have to assume that Trask would have gotten the job done, and that would have enhanced his Heisman candidacy. And again, obviously none of it happened. Um, And then Florida's field goal kicker, who was terrific, you know, he missed. uh, And what everybody was kind of assuming he was going to make, even though it was a long one in the 50s, just like the one made moments earlier by the LSU kicker. But he didn't, and that was that. It was a walk-off win for LSU. Yeah, and you know, here's Florida. They have beaten. They they drummed. They drummed Georgia, one of their big rivals in the SEC East. They're Correct. all in position. I said to go to the college football playoff with a with a you know a a a chance to to beat Alabama because because of their quarterback, essentially because. Because he's a uh, put can put points on the board, and then they were going to have some players returning that are that were injured, uh, specifically Kyle Pitts, the outstanding tight end. That he's he's in a, a very difficult matchup for anybody because his height and his speed and his skill and his athleticism six foot six. So it yes. it's, it's, it has to be devastating for Florida. This is not going to be a season where you especially. Uh, moving forward where you're going to feel very good about your team. Exactly. And I'm glad you mentioned Kyle Pitts, AP, because that is the other uh, secondary uh, controversy down here, shall we say, or hot topic, hot take. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people down here believe that, you know, he was held out of that game that he could have played. And there he's actually, the announcer made note of him in street clothes on the sidelines. He appeared to be almost lobbying, but anyway, a lot of people in Florida are uh, up in arms about that. Kyle Pitts could have and, or should have played, but he was being held out because, you know, two things, LSU may have been considered a lesser opponent, which is hard to even utter that sentence, despite the ear they're having. And, uh, and, you know, to make sure he's healthy for the Alabama game. Um, either way, either reason or both, uh, not justifiable. But again, that is a huge, huge topic today down in uh, Gator Nation, to say the least. Right, and that's all part of your roster management, and those decisions are made by the uh, information you receive from the doctors, and the coach has to, uh, you know work in, uh, you know, in collaboration with them to decide about the player's health. He made the decision to set them out for the game, and Florida would, would have been fine uh, if not for that shoe-throwing incident and a right. uh, kicker that ha- had a career night. <laughs> exactly right, and I have a longtime friend up in Gainesville, season ticket holder for the Gators, and I guess Pitts had a concussion a few weeks back, but has played since then. So, you know, I guess to a lot of Florida fans, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But who knows exactly what was going on? You always hate to question anything medical. And we're not. I'm not. We're just I'm just saying it's it's a hot take today. Uh, <laughs> in Florida, trust me. Um, well, AP. Um Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that, yeah, if I'm a Florida fan, it's going to be a long offseason. 
very long. Very long. And, and it was a very bad them, weekend. Uh, yeah, and John, I could see him having, I could see Alabama blowing him out on Saturday. I really could. Me too. Me too. I, I agree 100%. I, I, I think it might have just sucked the life right out of that team, quite frankly, the way it ended. And I, I could absolutely see a blowout. And uh, and that would be too bad. I mean, you, you know, just uh, I'm just looking to watch a competitive game, which there yes. was would have been a lot of, uh, had Florida won the uh, game on Saturday night, there would have been a lot of hype for this game, to say the least. And uh, uh, we're not going to have it as a result, period. No, and I think that that game, John, that could have been the Heisman game as well. Correct. Good point. And, you know, AP, we're at the end of our first segment together. But, you know, there is now, I think, a front runner for the Heisman. Uh, now that Kyle Trask from Florida seems to uh, uh, probably dropped out of the race. and uh, But it's Mac Jones, quarterback of Alabama. And we never even got to Alabama in this segment, given the unusual nature of Florida's loss. Uh, but... Why don't we take our break now, and on the other side, we will talk Alabama and Mac Jones for high school. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. 
We're Samarica listeners. Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we thoroughly covered the Florida loss to LSU with the crazy shoe toss penalty. Uh, but now it's time to uh, uh, stay in your sweet spot, which, of course, is Alabama football. They are the number one team in the nation. They now have probably the leading Heisman candidate and quarterback, Mac Jones. And I think you and I both uh, are leaning towards Alabama potentially uh, handling Florida with ease on Saturday in the SEC championship game, given they'll be facing a devastated Florida team who basically saw their season, uh, you know, and hopes for the college football playoff end on Saturday night. So Alabama, big win over Arkansas, right? Yeah, John. I mean, uh, Alabama went on the road for the early game, 11 o'clock central. Uh, we saw the skill, the punt return skills of Devontae Smith yes. with an 84-yard return. So, you know, he's, so that's a different way that he scored this year. I guess they can run an end around. Maybe he'll score that way the next game for all we know. But uh, he's just a touchdown maker and an extraordinary performer. And like I said, I, maybe I mentioned to this, this to you that, you know, Alabama's had fabulous receivers in their history, beginning with the great legendary figure Don Hudson, you know, and Ozzie Newsome and then Julio Jones and Amari Cooper and uh, Calvin Ridley and Jerry Judy and uh, all these these players. And But I'm telling you right now, John, that Devontae Smith, I believe, will go down as the greatest receiver in the history of Alabama because he stayed for the four years and put up these phenomenal numbers where he's, you know, set the SEC record for touchdown receptions. It's, oh, I don't know what it is now. It's probably 35, something like that. It passed Mark wow. Cooper at 31 and Chris Doring, University of Florida, 31. So he set that record. He's getting close to the all-time yardage record, over 3,000-something yards, which is held by Amari Cooper. And then the receptions in one year, you know, Amari had that 127, which was unthinkable and uh, but he still has a chance with that one if he had to really finish out the season with some incredible games but he's done everything he could as a wide receiver he had the uh, touchdown reception that won the national championship as a freshman he's had 200 more 200 yard games uh, I don't know what else he can do as a receiver at the University of Alabama and he's got himself into the Heisman discussion. It's it's unusual this year. Alabama's got a quarterback that's never happened to them for uh, Alabama quarterback to win the Heisman. Of course, the wide receivers rarely win it. I don't remember the last time. Maybe it was uh, Tim Brown. I guess it was John. That's a right. That's a while ago right. to win the Heisman. Trophy. I think that's. I, I can't think of anyone after Tim Brown. I'm. I don't know if I'm missing somebody. But uh, that's phenomenal that uh, Devontae is now in that Heisman discussion. Absolutely. No, he is just an incredible talent. And again, racking up the numbers, I believe he may be the leading receiver, as in perhaps most touchdowns scored by any receiver in the nation. 
to go along with his teammate running back uh, Najee Harris, who (laughs) on one play, he literally walked into the end zone. That would not be an exaggeration. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know know the play I mean. It was like. Absolutely. Yeah, Najee's got a couple more touchdowns on Saturday. I think it's at 22 rushing touchdowns and uh, Devontae had 15 receiving. I think one more. I think he's got 16. That's 38 touchdowns between them. Yeah, so I think that makes them, I just heard it last week before the game, and they both had good games against Arkansas. Um, but I heard last week they were the first, you know, duo on the same team, rusher and pass catcher, to be leading the nation in scoring in their respective positions in maybe forever, maybe the first time ever. Or if it, right, if not, right. it's been a long, long time. That's for sure. Right. Oh, yeah, and Najee Harris, just to speak about him, he's having a terrific season. Another one since he was a starter last year. He was excellent last season, and this season he's got to 22 rushing touchdowns, I believe it is. He's got 42 career rushing touchdowns, which ties two former Heisman Trophy winners at Alabama, Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry, and he's caught seven. He caught seven touchdowns last year, which is a school record for running backs in one season. Sean Alexander has eight touchdown reception. But so now he has forty nine touchdowns, Sean Career, one behind the fifty of Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander had um eight um eight uh, touchdowns receiving and I think it was probably forty one on the ground and he I think he had a kickoff return. So that makes his up for his 50. So Najee is just one touchdown behind the career record of 50. Wow. That's amazing. Um, that's a lot of touchdowns to say the least. And, uh, yeah, yeah you talk triple threat because we haven't even gotten to, uh, the topic of, you know, quarterback Mac Jones and the year he's having. And now he appears to be potentially the leader for the Heisman trophy now. Yeah, I I think he is, John, and he just had a superb season. He made uh, a bad play on Saturday when he forced a ball that was intercepted. And I don't say that the defender, you know, to give him credit, but it's a a throw that a quarterback should not make. So that's why I'm saying it's more on Mac than the defender. You know, it's right into the defender's hand. Of course, he had to be anticipated and be there to to make that play. But but Mac, he's, he's just been perfect in the pocket with his poise and accuracy, making the correct decisions, reading the defenses, throwing the long ball with with precision that I've, you know, it's Kenny Stabler-like, let's say, throwing that long ball. He's just been outstanding. And plus, you're on the number one team. There's all that pressure every week. Can you win? You're the number one team. Everybody's watching you. I mean, I think that's a different uh stratosphere, John, that some other quarterback just putting up numbers on a team that's not number one or or playing for the uh, college football number one position in the rankings. Correct. Yes. Uh, No, again, um, very impressive, especially, you know, coming in behind Tua, uh, who was preceded by Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's, you know, quite the lineage, to put it mildly. Yes. And, uh, And rather amazing if he does win at AP that he would be the first quarterback to win it when you think of all the great quarterbacks, of course, highlighted by Joe Namath, not to mention, you know, Bart Starr before him and, 
you know, just Kenny all Kruger. the other Greg McElroy and uh, Richard Todd and just on and on. I mean, it's household names. AJ Scott McCarron. Hunter. Yeah, AJ McCarron. Yeah, I mean, John, if you had yep. scripted this se- scripted this season, I don't know what else Matt can do at this point. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, on Saturday, he's going to get a real chance to, yes. you know, put the exclamation point on it, uh, you know, with a big, you know, SEC championship game performance uh, with the leader, the well, one of the strongest candidates in Kyle Trask on the other side of the field, uh, quarterback for Florida. So. Yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this, AP. Is the Heisman Trophy voting going to be done before this Saturday, before, post quote, postseason? Uh, <clears throat> Monday, the tw- 21st, one week from today, by, I think it's 5 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Eastern, John. Yes, that's the protocol. And, John, if at the end of the game and Alabama won and you, you hear that Stevie Wonder song, Sign, Sealed, Delivered, yeah, you'll know what the reference will be. <laughs> exactly. So, bottom line, for the Heisman voters who wait, and not all of them will wait, we know that. Uh, but the ones who do wait can factor in this Saturday's performance in the SEC championship game as part of their vote, right? Yes, they can. Yes, they okay. have until next Monday. So, and Got I it. always wait till that Monday or the Sunday morning, let's say, to vote. I sure do. Yeah, well, especially this year because. You know, because it's this year. What else can I say? It's 2020. Enough right. said. Right. Um, is the because the selection Sunday is Sunday, right? This coming Sunday, the day after the that's right the championship. The 20th. That's right. So I, and you have to wait for that. Some, you have to wait for that. Yeah, you have to wait. Yeah, you have to wait because you be in all fairness. In this day and age, you know, you don't have to mail it and you email. So in all fairness, it's instantaneously. And why why would you not wait just to have to be satis- totally satisfied with your selection? Yeah, not to mention there's the small matter of uh, Notre Dame versus Clemson on Saturday, correct? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I, I'd say there'd be a little bit of interest in that game. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you have to wait. I mean... Uh, realistically, Trevor Lawrence missing the games with COVID and Ian Book, nice year, great year, actually. But, you, you know, neither of them are theoretically going to win the Heisman, but you have to allow for the possibility. Uh, you have to see him play one last time against each other. That's going to be an awesome game because, of course, Trevor Lawrence missed the first game with Notre Dame, which the Irish won. Right. And, uh, the, you know, Clemson is playing for their college football playoff life. Correct. They, which is the first time in a while they've kind of coasted into the CFP yeah. Final Four for the last few years. It's almost assumed they're going to be in it. And suddenly it, you can't make that assumption all of a sudden. I think Notre Dame has gotten better these last yeah. three or four weeks. They're a team that continues to improve and become more efficient throwing the football with Ian Book and to, to his physical receivers and of course that tight end number 87 Mayer he's very good in the offensive line they open the holes for those tough runners that can run to daylight and uh, defensively uh, Notre Dame 
you know, they're more athletic, and that's what sold me on them the week they were playing Clemson and led me to think that they would win that game in South Bend, whether right. Trevor Lawrence played or not. And let's remember that Clemson scored 40 points. Correct. Their backup quarterback had a you know, tremendous night. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to have quite a ball game to just duplicate his numbers in production. And Notre Dame, I mean, unless Trevor Lawrence is playing defense, you know, Clemson better shore up that defense. And I know they have some people out, so that could be a difference maker as well for them to be playing just enough defense to overcome that deficit that occurred in South Bend. Exactly. No doubt about that, AP. It's going to be... uh... Appointment television, to say the least. Uh, well, AP, um, we're at the end of our second segment together. So why don't we take our final break? Still a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. 
And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, which leads right into my pick of the week for appointment viewing, which is this Saturday's college conference championships. We just talked about it on the back end of the previous segment. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, with, with Trevor Lawrence, and Alabama, Florida, and other conference championship games. It's going to be championship Saturday, followed by the committee choosing the college football playoff. Four teams on Sunday. So an exciting weekend, AP. Yeah, John, this is going to be one of those weekends where for maybe three picks, you're playing checkers. Yeah. And then that fourth pick, you're playing chess. And it might Very be a, well a joker involved. <laughs> Wild card. Do you steal an NFL yeah. term, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be that wild card, a joker in chess, I guess. So um, Notre Dame, if they beat Clemson and Clemson's out, if Clemson plays a close ball game, I believe they'll be in. Yep. Uh, I, you know, what if Florida beats Alabama? Will they ever take a team with a couple losses in the SEC? And then if that, would Alabama still be in? Uh, you still have uh, Iowa State creeping up in that ranking, uh, even though they lost to Louisiana uh, Sun Belt team, but they're in the playoffs for the Big 12 versus Oklahoma. What if Oklahoma wins? Do they do they become the fourth team under a certain scenario? Does Cincinnati have a chance as American Athletic Conference? Winner if they beat Tulsa. Um, Tulsa's a ranked team. Cincinnati is definitely ranked and undefeated. Uh, you know, the committee, what about USC moving up the chart? I mean, you're eight or nine, ten spots behind people, and but you're still undefeated. You had an excellent game against UCLA, cross-town rival uh, in Pasadena, you know, where, the, where, the, where they play the Rose Bowl, and it was a, quite a ball game, another comeback for the Trojans. Amazing so, ending. Yeah, this this could be, like I said, checkers for the first three picks and chess for the fourth. Yes, no doubt about it. And then you have, of course, uh, the kind of the elephant in the room, which is obviously Ohio State with their, what is it, AP, 5-0 and record? <laughs> they didn't even play the yeah. Yeah. Uh, previously right. uh, chosen six games, chosen by the Big Ten, who conveniently then... Uh, change the rule when Ohio State wasn't going to play the sixth game because their game with Michigan was canceled, which to me sums up 2020 and in general college football specifically that Michigan and Ohio State didn't play. You know, that, that's yes, that and Alabama Auburn are clearly the two best, you know, rivalries going. And uh, but yeah, so the Big Ten who, you know, First, they said no football. Then they changed to football. Then they said you must have six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship. And then when it was obvious their best team, and they are the best team in the Big Ten. Nobody would argue that. And uh, right. But then they, you know, when Ohio State was clearly falling short of the six games, they changed the rule to make sure their conference was represented, which they will be in the college football playoff. And again, I'm not disputing Ohio State's you know, greatness. I mean, they're a great team. With the, the, the five games they've played, they've looked great. <laughs> um, 
and they were tested right. against a good, solid Indiana team and all that. But, you know, you have Indiana. Anyway, they changed the rule, and I'm sure it's going to get them in the playoff. And uh, just one of the many strange aspects of this year in general and college football specifically. Who, by the way, AP, there's just been an inordinate amount of games canceled. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing that the SEC, most of the teams were able to play the 10 games. But, John, you have the autonomy of each league. There's yep. no college football czar, no college football president, NCAA president, which does not oversee all of college football. So, uh, John, this is a year that uh, there's been some sniping amongst the leagues, but Correct. like I tell everybody, you have you have a, if you have a restrictive covenant that says you know you can't have a boat in your driveway, well then you know your neighbor can't or you can't, so it works for both ways. But when you have this uh, sovereign nation by each league, they're making their own rules, and the Ohio State getting into the Big Ten uh, playoff is like when Coach Bryant of Alabama, he uh, benched the quarterback in the middle of the game because he dared to throw the pass when the run was called, said you'll never play another down for the University of Alabama. Well, the, he put in the other quarterback, and the other quarterback got hurt, and then, as Coach Bryant said, he had to reconsider. <laughs> reconsider. That may be the, the word of the year. that is is perfect AP and it's actually perfect to end the show on Uh, that's a great line uh, spoken by a a true legend and Bear Bryant, Coach Bryant and uh, we shall see sure to be an interesting weekend and beyond uh, in college football coming up and uh, AP I just want to thank you as always for calling in today and Providing your expertise, it was a heck of a weekend just passed and sure to be a heck of a weekend coming up. Well, thank you, John. It's always my pleasure. We look forward to next week when things will, the checker and chess game will be resolved. Exactly. We'll have a lot to talk about next week, uh, to say the least. So look forward to doing that with the AP. Thank you, John. Thank you again for calling in, AP. Great job. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.